0: Tracy Tully and you're listening to Tracy Tully Talks at bbsradio.com the place to be right now streaming live with another 60 minutes of thought-provoking topics sharing with you conversations that are relevant today tomorrow and in the future join me each week on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Australian time (AEST), 5 p.m. Wednesday PT hello Los Angeles if you miss the live show Jump onto your favorite podcasting platform and you'll find me on Tracy Tully Talks. We do have some adult language, so if you have some little ones around, pop on your earphones. And it's Tracy Tully from Tracy Tully Talks, and I welcome everyone today in our studio. We have a fabulous new guest, and her name is Dr. Geneva from Detroit in the US of A. Welcome, Dr. Geneva. How are you today? Tracy, hi, how are
1: you? Thank you so much for having me uh, here this bright morning, Uh, though I know there's a time difference between us, but that's the only thing between us. I am so much looking forward to the conversation where we can share so many things in common. Thank you. And for our our listeners today, just some
0: information about Dr. Geneva. She is an impact leadership expert, certified life coach, podcaster, author and speaker. Dr. Geneva helps women over 50 create next step game plans for living a vibrant life full of passion, fun and joy. Dr. Geneva's life's work is about inspiring and creating positive individual and community change. So tell me, Dr. Geneva, who is
1: the woman behind the brand name? <laughs> well, Tracy, I, I really think my life journey began as a, a, a child, young child growing up on the East Coast of the United States, along the Jersey Shore, by the beach. I mean, I could wake up in the morning, step out of our home, take a real deep breath, and smell the salt water. It was just a phenomenal experience growing up. But in in a very, very small town called Neptune, and I used to... I had a great childhood, but my sister and I used to always believe that the adults uh, had meetings on us because they seemed to know everything about us and always gave us this endless advice. You know, they knew what kind of grades we were getting, Uh what we had done the weekend before, whether or not we were in Sunday school and on time. It, you know, it was almost like it seemed a conspiracy. <laughs> and uh, the, my friends and family and everyone seemed to be in it. And later on, though, Tracy, as I grew up, I realized that it it wasn't a conspiracy. It really was more... Um, a community consensus around adults about what was important in uh, raising and being with and setting expectations for young people. And that's what, and they were caring about us and Everyone from the janitor to the man who ran the candy store at the corner, they knew about us, they cared about us, and they were always very articulate about, um, you know, what their expectations were, and they wanted us to do good. And we felt it. And then along with that, my parents, um, my mom was a school teacher, and my dad was a government worker, um My parents were also civil rights activists. Uh And so they were constantly um, challenging the system, uh, fighting for civil rights in housing, employment, education. My mom, for example, was the first Black school teacher elementary school teacher in our community, and also my parents took a housing when they were told they couldn't um, buy the home of their choice because of the color of their skin. They fought that all the way to the Supreme Court in New Jersey and changed housing laws forever when they won that suit. So the combination, Tracy, between civil rights activist as parents and always looking at that seeing, that, seeing that activism and leadership and growing up in a community of caring adults really shaped me and my career. And that's why I ended up in, although I kind of stumbled into it, but that's why I ended up in you know, working in nonprofits and with individuals and helping transform communities and really making every part of what I do and, you know, believe in. And that is uh, that everyone has the opportunity to do and live their best life and everyone can. Mm-hmm. So that's really what's behind me, what drives me, what motivates me.
0: So the analogy that uh, it takes a village to raise a child was definitely
1: true to your upbringing. Absolutely. A village uh, to raise a child and also, Tracy, to set, whether consciously or unconsciously, set standards of behavior. Mm. Because I think adults are always role models. (laughs) You know, children always watch what adults do. And so um, the adults that I watched not only showed me caring and, uh, you know, they had expectations, but they, you know, they really showed me that there were certain behaviors and certain things they wanted me to see me doing and to be Successful. And so at a very early age, I learned not only about leadership, but also about success strategies. What you do, what you can do to be successful in life. And so that's what I do these days. I'm, you know, all about, I'm very passionate about sharing what I've learned, uh, the mistakes I've made, the ups and downs of of my journey, sharing that, teaching, informing and inspiring others so that they can have, um, you know, what they need, what they want to live their best life.
0: Oh, wow. Now, I understand that you have had um, a sparkling career across uh, quite a few different areas. Uh, (laughs) Can you share with our um, listeners what you
1: have, what you've done since you've left school? Well, you know, um, I I mentioned I stumbled into my career, which I really did. I so I'm I'm, I'm finishing college. And, you know, I, I've had this taste of independence and I don't, I want to completely ignore what my parents want me to do, Mm -hmm. which is to continue my education. And they even offered to pay for it, but I'm wanting to be independent, strike out on my own, go and live in New York, in the big city, get my own place, do all of that. So Tracy, after about a year that I was ready to do something else. And a sorority sister of mine said that there were openings for uh, Blacks in social work at Brenmar College, um, which was this prestigious university of social work and social research. And I had never, ever thought about social work, social research, community organizing, public policy. No, I hadn't thought about it, but I wanted to get out of what it was that I was not doing and things weren't working out for me and I said, "Hey, why why not?" So I packed my bags, left New York, went to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and stumbled into Found My Purpose. And so I, you know, specialized in learning all about how to transform communities, how to work in neighborhoods. Uh, My first uh, real job was with working with street gangs uh, in Philadelphia and working with them so that we could help, you know, help them turn around their lives. But yet, you know, work directly with them so we could build on their expectations, work on work, build on their strengths, (laughs) um, and create, you know, just some incredible models of opportunity. And then I met my husband, moved to Philadelphia, uh, moved to Detroit from Philadelphia and went into the United way. So I don't know if you have a United way, um, Structure where you are, but um, the United Way is this huge organization that helps people um, uh, really is in every community, is in fact international and one of the premier nonprofit organizations in the world. And so I, you know, was there for 20 plus years, and then I went and started a, a new nonprofit that. Uh, helped people solve problems like everyday problems like lack of employment, lack of great health care benefits, um, uh, lack of, you know, having a home, homelessness, a variety of social issues. And we, we got together to help people by bringing together different organizations to go after federal, Funding because the problem was that while the needs and issues were great, the resources to fund solutions for those problems was often not around. And so, this new organization that was created that I was asked to lead it was one of those innovative nonprofits um, really attempted to connect the people at the national federal level who had dollars to invest with really important programs in the community. So I led the organization that was to connect those two, and then bring those dollars and create incredible programs that transformed lives. So I did that. And along the way, I also um, did some education work. I was a school superintendent. And, and then I started my own company. And so that's kind of been my uh, career path. And uh, Tracy, I'll tell you, I, I consider myself a late life entrepreneur because in my um, 60s is when I decided to make the transition from this, uh, you know, really awesome, incredible experience of working in nonprofits and working in communities and neighborhoods and schools uh, to becoming, you know, this business person. (laughs) And I did it because I wanted to, frankly, have my own platform to um, really expand my message, to expand the work that I had done to leverage all that I had learned and to just help many, many more people, and I thought that being an entrepreneur could help me do that. And and Tracy, about um, so two two and a half months after I hung out my shingle, um, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And then my mom and dad got sick. So that led me into a four or five year period of um, caregiving and, and, and just a, you know, life I had never experienced. And then they both died within months of each other. And my husband and I, we had a wonderful 40 year marriage and, you know, the three of them were my go-to folk. <laughs> You know, I was always in the business of helping others, and they were the ones who helped me, yeah. you know, always. And uh, so through that uh, grief and uh, loss, I had to put my life back together at a later li- age in life. Mm-hmm. And so, Tracy, I've just learned so much. Um, and that, you know, that's why, again, I'm so passionate, particularly for, um older women women over 50 you know who who feel who you know you know when you've reached that half century mark you've gone through a lot of stuff you know you really have you have a lot of experiences and many of us feel like we're not done yet you know and we wonder what this next half century is going to look like and it can be a half century because we're living longer (laughs) and we don't want to just, well, I know I didn't just want to live longer. I wanted to live longer vibrantly. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to look good. I wanted to feel good. And I still wanted to do good for, um, for my community and others. And so that's what got me into uh, this. And that's what I'm doing now. And You look <laughs>
0: fabulous, fabulous, absolutely. Oh, thank you, thank you. You are vibrant, so you're living what you teach in your business interim uh, executive management, and so yes. uh, you you've been across a vast area of education superintendent. Mm-hmm. You've worked for uh, not for for profits, entrepreneurs as well as executive leaders. So you have quite a quite a repertoire in terms of helping. Individuals and community establishments to to connect. Um, tell me, what what were some of the challenges that you've experienced in your business since you set it up?
1: Oh yeah. Uh, well, I started off with the probably the biggest challenge, which I shared, and mm-hmm. that was, you know, having this dream, doing, you know, just leaving the comfort of a 40 year plus career, knowing what I was doing, knowing the people, you know, knowing everything there is to know about nonprofit life, (laughs) you know, nonprofit organizations doing all of that, um, leaving the comfort of that and making that transition Mm -hmm. to a brand new thing I had never experienced. And then um, experiencing personal loss and tragedy and grief. Mm So that was probably my biggest challenge mm-hmm. along the way, Tracy. I also um, experienced this. Um, at, well, am I good enough? And <laughs> yeah. uh, can I can I really do this? Because I'm in a brand new field with little or no experience, and and can I really? Do you know who do I think I am to think I can do this yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. and so that was a huge challenge for me um and i also um felt that you know that there were a lot of um technical and techno mm-hmm. um technology that you know you you need to know these days. Yes. <laughs> to run a business. And I wasn't really comfortable with that. So those were probably the biggest challenges that I, you know, that I faced the personal loss and grief in the middle of trying to start something new, the sense of, you know, why am I here? Can I, can I really do this thing? (laughs) And then being not as uh, digitally savvy as I thought I should be. And so, so those clearly were the challenges, but, you know, I can't you know leave them challenges without saying a little bit about how I dealt with them. And, and um, one was probably the, the biggest help for me is my faith. Mm. And I, I recognize that, um, you know, I was prayed, pray all the time And I realized that I I believe that God was not done with me yet. And one night, um, Tracy, when I was feeling real low, you know, it was many nights of that, I was on my knees and I had the obituaries of my, you know, my mom, my dad, my husband just on the floor and I was just on my literally sitting on the floor and just crying and all that. And I I looked at their obituaries and I see that what they each have in common besides, you know, loving and loving me, um, was that, that dash, you know, that, that horizontal stroke yeah. between when, you know, you're born and when you leave this earth. And it was that dash Tracy that gave their life meaning that's what I remembered what they did in that dash in in, and that's where I that was my aha for me at that time that that dash was you know in the living that's what what I needed to do and and I had to find that meaning and purpose so reimagining what I could do having the faith um helped me and so finding purpose reimagining myself and finding purpose was you know a big big part of what i did uh, th- the other thing that helped me was to realize that you know i thought i didn't have any skills to be a businesswoman yeah. but when i stopped and thought about it the nonprofits that i ran mm. <laughs> they were small businesses I was running multi million dollar organizations, had tons of staff, successfully was managing those organizations. Those skills were transferable. And one of the things I say to women is that always have, you know, have an inventory that's a living inventory of your assets and your skills and your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. You should know what you're good at what you've accomplished, uh, those things. And it should be a living, what I call a living inventory. That is that you don't just write it down, which I do advise, write all of this down. You don't just write it down and, you know, put it in a drawer somewhere. You post it so that you can see it all the time. And so when I discovered that the, the, the things that I did like I know how to manage employees. I know how to read a financial sheet, financial report. I know how to collaborate and to build teams and to to those things. I do know. And those things are what the experts and businesses say you need to know. I certainly know how to put together a plan because that's what I did. I know how to create vision because that's what I did. All of those things are, in fact, transferable. And then finally, with the digital divide, lack of technology skills, you know what I did, Tracy? I just figured, well, I'm just going to have to learn it. I can learn it, you know? And, and that was, that's another thing that I say to women. I, I believe that, um, you know, the learning comes outside of the comfort zone. So we got to be uncomfortable and, you know, and all of that so we can learn new things, So I went to the best teachers in the world, my children, you know, who are obviously all younger than me and said, y'all going to have to teach me this. And they did, you know, they, you know, put me on this, they put me on Facebook, they put me on LinkedIn, they did the Instagram. Now I ain't done the TikTok yet, Tracy. And I I don't know if I am. (laughs) they put me there and they, you know, and the questions and in the beginning, it was very scary. You know, I, and then I couldn't understand how you could go on social media and tell all your business. I, I just, you know, cause I come from a generation that as a baby boom generation, that's just not necessarily what you do, but I learned about how it's an, it, and it's ex, it's an exquisite way to reach people and communicate your message to hundreds and thousands of people and so finding the you know the the value in those things work so those were some of the challenges and then some of the things that I did or used to try to overcome it learning every day Which is the other thing? You know, I'm constantly when I run into people, I'm constantly asking questions so that I can continue to learn and be a lifelong learner. It's
0: a it's a a wonderful world we live in. Uh, I'm a baby boomer. Yes, I can hear what you're saying, having coming out having come out of a career of almost forty years in education. Yes, uh, and and you've really you've experienced it all, and the fact that. Uh, someone leaving that very comfortable life of of uh, you know a very extensive career and and looking to go out on their own in this big world can be quite uh overwhelming can't it, it it's, it's uh-huh quite scary <laughs> <laughs> and scary and you mentioned yes. that um that you've you've you know, you can read a budget sheet. You can you can run management, employees, and plan. And you you talk about uh, having a living um, document with all your skills and your knowledge, and being a lifelong learner. And this is a lot of lot of uh, information that that many women over over fifty neglect. They don't realise that they actually do have it all, and they need someone like yourself. That's right. who,
1: to bring it out, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, you right. We got it all. Yeah. I mean, we do. I mean, when you think by the time you in your 50s, mm-hmm. you know, you've you've experienced. And if you're here, you've come through it. Yes. So if you can, and that's what we all want. We want to be here. And and when you think about it, and so sometimes, and you know, you, you need to create again that living list of you know your skills, your and the other thing, Tracy, your accomplishments, mm-hmm. because if you're, you know, if you've lived this long, you've, you've achieved some stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's with your cho- raising children, um, you know, doing great projects, doing career, it, you know, planting gardens, growing vegetables. If you have a skill in that and you've you've grown a garden that people have come and admired it, so you've accomplished that you know, the things, we've done stuff. Mm. (laughs) If we disage, we've done stuff. Mm -hmm. And so to, you know, put together that living list of accomplishments and really, Tracy, taking the time to actually write it down and post it so that you can see it and display it, I think is a big thing. I also think, um, um, particularly at at this age, there's two other things I think are very important for women. One is we need to make sure that our finances are together,
0: yes.
1: okay? And so, so we, as, as particularly as women, I believe we need to get in our heads and create a game plan so that we are financially wealthy mm. uh, because it's very likely we will live a long time It's very likely if we're married, we'll outlive our spouse. Mm -hmm. It's very likely we will be on our own. And what we do know about women, older women now, is that a lot of them struggle financially. And so at whatever age we are, we need to have a game plan for our financial wellness, mm. well-being, as much as we think about our physical wellness, and then the third thing is back to plan. I, I believe we need to make a game plan. Okay, so we're you know perhaps you know I run into a, a lot of women say to me, well, you know I'm not done yet, <laughs> but I, I I'm just not certain about my next steps. I, I don't know what to do. And um, I believe that, hey, make an action plan, do a plan. And that plan starts with, and that's the, um, I've, I've developed what I call the vibrant life blueprint, mm-hmm. which is a four-step um, uh, methodology yeah. to creating that vibrant life. And it starts with creating your vision. And a lot of women say to me, you know, create a vision. You know, what does that mean? And and oftentimes it is imagining or reimagining what it is that you want your life to look like, you know, on an everyday basis in the next few years, in the next 10 or 20 years. And you can right here, right now, at any point, at any age, think about that and imagine that and work towards that, which is really why I talk about an action plan, not just a plan, but something that you actually activate so that you have actual steps, strategies that will get you to whatever your ideal life is. And so I think it's very important for us to have action plans, and they can be flexible. They can change, you know, every, every, and usually at least once a year, I'll relook at my game plan and, you know, kind of see if, you know, things have changed. I'll look at my vision. Do I want to do other things? But so it's nothing that's, you know, in concrete, nor should it be because at every stage of our life, Tracy, we, we change, we, we develop, you know, you know, the things I would do or thought were important in my 20s and 30s, huh, I don't even think now about, you know, I don't, I don't think about them now. So, so because we change our perspective changes, our needs change, what's important changes, as we go through our stages in life, we can have a vision and action plan for every stage in our life. And we can start at any age. It's never too late. Exactly, it, it. And and I love hearing you say that because uh,
0: a lot of women who who get to their fifties um, believe that that's it. That um, you know they've they've served their purpose. They've raised the children and the garden mm-hmm. and the house and the family and looked after mm-hmm. everyone. But they have forgotten that they haven't looked after themselves.
1: Exactly.
0: That you. Uh, focus on don't you that self-care
1: yes. yes that is I mean that's right that's exactly I mean you hit it right on the nose you know and in fact many women say you know after they done all that they look around and kind of you know try to figure out well what am I supposed to do now <laughs> you know because so much was involved in those stages those earlier stages of our life for caring for others, raising others, getting our career, whatever it was, you know, getting that on solid footing, accomplishing those things. And when you get to that half century mark, the other thing, Tracy, I know I felt, you know, I said, well, I should be at a different point, a better point. I mean, I should not I have conquered the world by now. You know, you, you kind of wonder about that. You think you, you know, maybe should have, should be at a point that, that you're not. And then you also, it's a time also Tracy, where we as women find ourselves saying, well, you know, I've always wanted to do something. And, you know, you get this itch to do that thing. And you know what, this is the perfect time to do that. And again, Putting that in your um, uh, game plan can help you get there. So as you're thinking about or reimagining your purpose, etc, So you're right. Starting with purpose, we need to make sure that we understand what our purpose is, what are the meaning of life. As I discovered mine when I looked at that dash mm-hmm. and recognized that, you know, my life wasn't over. I'm not done yet. And there are, I can make contributions. And you know what, Tracy, I feel right here, right now. I really am. When I say I'm living my best life, I really mean it. (laughs) And, you know, we use that phrase a lot. And, you know, you see it in Facebook and on social media. And it's like a meme and a caption. Live your best life. And there's songs about it. But what does it really mean? And I um, teach women how to define a best life so that, you know, they would do things like imagine what your life would look like on an everyday basis, you know, so we can look a year ahead, three years ahead, five years ahead. And we, that has needs to be part of the process, but you can also look at what you're doing every day. What does an ideal day look like? And then also, um, uh, when we're trying to figure out our best life, I think an important component of that is try something new. (laughs) So this is perfect for women who are reached their 50s or in their 50s or 60s, 70s. Do something that you always thought about doing, okay, but didn't try it for whatever reason. But now you can. I, I remember I always wanted... Um a radio show mm. for whatever. Re- I just wanted a radio show. I wanted to get on the radio and, and talk and everything. And and um, this was before, you know, I didn't even know all the modern stuff. And a friend of mine said to me, well, you should podcast. I said, "I do what cast? <laughs> you know, what, what you talk about? She said, you, you need to podcast. I said, well, what's that? And so she told me, you know, basically it was getting a mic and plugging into a computer and talk. <laughs> and I said, "Well, I want to do that." <laughs> and so now, two hundred episodes later, you know, with my Ignite to Impact podcast, I am, I've, I've, I've achieved a dream I always had, and it was when I, I, I did this and it was scary and I. Didn't, I didn't know anything about the technology, I, you know, all of that. It was something new. It was something different. But I did it. And so can women. Over, when you have a dream, you, in fact, can do it. So what I tell women is to figure out some things that you always wanted to do, and it was new. Spend some time doing some research, whatever background information you need to do, and then just commit to do it by the end of the year. Mm. Just try it, yeah. you know, something new and different. <laughs> I love your attitude and, and it's
0: particularly poignant in that uh, I think that women get to a point where they, they think they don't have anything more to contribute. And that's, uh, you know, I hear a lot of women say, you know, is this it, is this, is this it, is this all there is to life? and uh when i hear you and uh, and i've read your website and listened to mm-hmm. you today i i can hear that how you ignite um people and to to take that that step out that and live in their uh discomfort isn't mm-hmm. it doesn't, to be to be able to feel uncomfortable
1: and that's okay mm-hmm. how oh, you- it absolutely is yeah It it absolutely is, because that's where change happens. That's where you get the excitement. That's where you learn new things. So, yes, um, you will feel uncomfortable and you will, you know, experience um, anxiety Mm -hmm. and perhaps some worry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the thing to do is to, um, you know, step on out there and do it, make a game plan, uh, take a deep breath uh, that's one of my favorite um, uh, tips that I give and that is to pause take a deep breath take you know relax and it's going to be okay and I also um, tell uh, women particularly when we worry about um, how to do things that um, you know I I say here's here's what I say Tracy first, brainstorm your worries. Think about all the things you're worried about and write them down on a piece of paper, okay? Then when you've written down those worries, organize them into three buckets. A bucket of things, worries, that you have full control over, that you could do something about. A bucket that's no control, you can't do nothing about those worries. And then a bucket that's partial. You may be able to do some things. And with the bucket that's got the worries in it, that's the no no control, the NC, no control bucket, the best thing to do with that bucket of worries is forget it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? As simple to say, not easy to do, But forget it. Just forget it. The bucket of worries that you have where you have full control or partial control. Here's what I want you to do I want you to take those worries and I want you to figure out the best case scenario and the worst case scenario for each of those worries. So let's say you, you know, worried about whether or not you can you know, start a new career or start a new business. And so the best case scenario for that worry would be that you not only started a new business, but you became a millionaire, you helped hundreds of people and you got great satisfaction and accolades from all over. So that's the best thing that could happen. Then the worst thing that could happen, maybe you, fail miserably and you spend up all your money and you don't, um, you know, you don't even have one client. So that's the worst case scenario. So you figure out the best case scenario and the worst case scenario for your worry. And then Tracy, you put together the steps that'll get you to the best case scenario and will eliminate or reduce the worst case scenario yeah so the bottom line is you take what you might be worried about and say to yourself well what's the best thing that can happen and what's the worst thing that can happen and I'm going to put together some action steps so I can make the best possible thing happen and I'm going to put together some steps that will make sure that those worst things don't happen. And what it does, Tracy, it just puts you in the driver's seat yeah. because yeah. it's your life, and you, in fact, can create your best life. What you want, you can create. And that's filling that
0: dash. And I, and I know exactly. what yes. the, you know, you have your birth birth date. And then yes. you don't have an end date. We all know that, yes. that dash yes. in between that you can make, you can mm-hmm. make happen. And you're, you're the person that will be able to help and advise people in terms of, of what they can do and how they can, they can do that. So mm-hmm. tell, tell me, Dr Geneva, tell me about some of your greatest
1: achievements in your life. In your, um, oh, my goodness. Life. Yeah. Well, I I, I think um, a 40-year marriage with the most wonderful man ever uh, who uh, taught me how to laugh, uh, who was always there uh, helping me with my confidence when I doubted myself to the very last bone in my body. (laughs) He made all that possible. And so having that Um, once in a lifetime love uh, is a great accomplishment for for me. Um, Raising uh, three fabulous uh, children, two of whom are adopted, um, are was just. I mean, watching them live their own lives and and just you know just they're going to they are contributing happy individuals is a tremendous accomplishment um, that, you know, fills me with pride and joy. And also I got grandchildren. So, you know, now see, I didn't have the direct accomplishment on that, but I do, you know, I I do take a lot of that credit. (laughs) So, so that's, you know, just wonderful accomplishment. As I look back on my, on the career side of things, I think, Raising over 120 million dollars for uh, community needs, um, you know, helping um, children get immunizations and being well, uh, finding homes for homeless people, housing for them, helping young people not only get a job but also learn what it takes to be prepared for work. Um, Helping people, you know, with their food, their fitness, and just those variety, just every social issue or uh, community condition you can think of in one way or another, I've been involved in and have raised money for. So throughout my career, raising those millions of dollars to actually help people to see young people now have after-school activities where before there were none. And knowing that I wrote the proposal, worked with others to get the dollars so that they could um, have something meaningful to do, to exercise, to play with others after school is just a great accomplishment. Um, And then I think, um, you know, being where I am, Mm -hmm. what I'm doing right here, right now, um, you know, in my 70s, loving life, uh, but making sure that I'm continuing to contribute, give back, share the wisdom that I've learned, which is very common for us women over 50 because we've acquired a wisdom and a practical experience that makes us queens <laughs> at this age. I mean, it really does. And so being able to share that, I think, is um, it's great. It makes me feel good.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful achievements in your life. And uh, I'm I'm blown away by what you've done because uh, I have read uh, about what you know your achievements etc. And, and I love reading about it. I hope to get to visit you next year.
1: Oh uh, yes, oh I would love that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> okay. that's that's my dream. i uh, I'm hanging on to it. That's for sure. And I spoke to Tonya McNeil Weary um, not long yes. ago, and she said she was hoping to bring a group over for uh, the Author Awards in Melbourne and Victoria yes. this year, but yes. I don't think it's going to be running this year, but certainly next you year. Now, tell me, have you written some books?
1: hmm Yes. Yes. Yes, I have. You know, and my... My friends would tell me I should have them right here so I could hold them up and show them, but I don't. But I can tell you about them, <laughs> and they're in my bookcase. But I know. But so, so I wrote a book, Tracy, about my dad. I mentioned earlier that my parents were civil rights activists and the uh, the struggle and challenge, but victory yes. that um, they had in challenging the uh racial discrimination and housing and and Mm. injustice Mm. and um they uh, so I wrote a book about um that impact that he had um it's called justice on the jersey shore and talked I talked about his impact and his struggle uh everything from the death threats to the hate mail Mm. to the you know that just his 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 genius at um, being able to see the target, see the dream, keep the eyes focused, and move through that and be successful. Um, so I wrote a book about that and the leadership lessons that I learned. And he wanted me to write the book, and we started writing it together. Oh, good. But he, yeah, it it was it was to be that, but he passed before. <laughs> Um, It was complete, though he saw the final draft and thought it was good. He told me, Gigi, that's my family nickname. He says, Gigi, it's good. Um, And so he saw that. So that was, um, so that's a book. And then I wrote a book, uh, Living Life Over 50. Now, you know, I'd have to do a book on that, Tracy. And So um, Living Life Over 50, I explore the ways to, You know, have a vibrant life tips and just thoughts about everything from style and dressing um, to creating your best dream um, to just, uh, it's just chapters of, you know, tips and techniques and my thoughts. Um, And then um, I uh, uh, have a, what I call a bundle a why worry. Stay Positive Bundle. And these are two books that I grouped together that talk about, you know, how you can change, you know, how you can really change doubt and worry and fear into excitement in your life. And then the best tips to really stay positive. So I, you know, it's a combination of, you know, exploring the subject of worry and how it affects us mentally, physically, emotionally, and then what to do about it. What are the success strategies that we can use to do about? So I have those two books. And then I did one on, um, uh, the change strategies that every woman over 50, uh, needs to know mm. ought to know and that that was fun um and all of these you know you can get on my website you can get access to it and then I'm coming out with a new uh series of books on imposter syndrome mm. now I don't know if you've heard of the term but it is it's raging over here in the States yeah. Um, in terms of that, you know, that imposter syndrome, this feeling of fraud and I'm not good enough and why am I here? And all of these, uh, what I call self-doubt um, thoughts and actions, because, you know, how we think leads to how we act. Mm. Um, and and so I, I you know, I, I'll be you know, in the books that are coming out, I'll be exploring the phenomena of imposter syndrome, how it affects us, how it shows up, particularly in the workplace. And then the solutions and strategies to get rid of it forever. Okay. And so I I found that And even though it's it's really the term has been around for a while, but it seems the younger, the millennials, the Gen X generations, really kind of use that term. But I find that a lot of the um, self doubt and you know, am I good enough? Kind of you know transition. You you have it at almost any age group, and I think all of us. I know I have, have had those feelings. Yes, You know, I might not have labeled it. I don't know if I'd call myself a fraud, uh, but I might not have put that imposter syndrome label on it. But I clearly have been in situations where I've felt anxious, fearful. Am I supposed to be here, you know, nervous about it now? And and I explore in my books also that those internal feelings, But then there are external forces, you know, particularly if you're a woman, you're a woman, and if you're a woman of color, we cannot deny the biases that are there, the sexist and racist comments and et cetera, and systems that are there, in fact, telling us (laughs) that we don't belong. Yeah. or we're not good enough, or or questioning while we're here. So there's this external and internal dim, um, dimension
0: yeah.
1: to imposter syndrome. So I'll be exploring all of that in my new books coming out. Oh, I look forward
0: to reading those. Dr. Geneva, we're almost finished our interviewing. Can I ask you one little question, one last question? Yes. And and that would be, what's one fun fact about you?
1: Oh, oh, well, first of all, I love to have fun. Um, (laughs) One fun fact maybe is, um, well, I love to dance and I often dance by myself. I mean, I will turn on, I do go out dancing and I can dance and have a ball, (laughs) but I will turn on the music in, in my condo. And I will just dance wherever. And I've always done it. I've always danced. In fact, there was this time, Tracy, I was um, um, in my, um, when my uh, husband passed, we all, I brought everybody together in a big house. And, you know, we just um, kind of lived there for about a year or two together, you know, et cetera. And one, so my grandchildren are there. Tracy, one day I had turned on the music in my room and my the door to my room had opened and I didn't know it. I was just dancing and stuff. They had been watching me for <laughs> about 10 minutes. had taken a video of me having a ball because I was just dancing and grooving, particularly to music of my day you know, in the sixties and seventies of my day, you know, I was just having a good time to those oldies, but goodies. And, you know, and so it was all fun. Of course, I told them if they ever posted it, we would really have a problem. So it just stayed um, within us, but you know, that that's a fun thing that I love to do. Just dance and have a good time. I also, um, Am, consider myself an amateur photographer and so I spend a lot of time um taking photos and and that's fun too
0: that sounds great well thank you so much to uh coming here uh today and in your morning and my evening it's awesome yes. we can have this connection from so far
1: away yes and- but we do have <laughs> and I just wanted to say I am so excited about the awards the awards and being a judge and i just appreciate you so much um to you know just to to see from an international perspective to learn about to see to celebrate all of the leadership and everything and service that's happening around the world through your awards program so thank you for including me in it
0: oh. My pleasure, and it's just lovely to have you on board and and uh, a judge for our awards. It's very very exciting that we yes. have a classy lady like yourself, and with thank you the caliber of uh, your your strength and your breadth and your knowledge and skills, we're very very fortunate to have. So I'm afraid it's time, almost time to go. So tell our, um, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you? So your website. Oh.
1: Yeah. Thank you. You can find me on any social media platform as Dr. Geneva Speaks. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's what the young people have taught me to say my handle is. Okay. (laughs) Dr. Geneva Speaks. (laughs) My website is drgenevaspeaks.com. And um, so I'm on all social media platforms. I also have a Facebook group Extraordinary Women Influencers, um, which you can search for, find, and join. Would love to have you join. All of my books you can find on Amazon by putting in um, Dr. Geneva or Geneva Williams. Uh, You can find um, my books. And um, to get my Vibrant Life Blueprint course or my Why Worry Bundle, All of that is on my website at drgenevaspeaks.com.
0: Well, thank you so much. And for our listeners today, you will be able to find Dr. Geneva on her website, drgeneva.com, and Dr. Geneva Speaks on her social media. It's been wonderful having you here on Tracy Tully Talks, and I look forward to meeting you in person, hopefully next year. Yes, look forward to that. Yes, yes, thank you so much for for coming. And so for our listeners today, thank you so much for being here for another 60 minutes of inspiring conversation with Dr Geneva all the way from Detroit. Thank you and farewell. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another 60 minutes of inspiring talking points on Tracy Tully Talks brought to you by bbsradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 10am Australian time AEST and 5pm PT time in America. Leave me a message on my website at www.bbsradio.com forward slash Tracy Tully Talks. If you're interested in lifting the profile, presence and profit of your business, sponsorship opportunities are available. Until next Thursday, it's goodbye from me.